Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Ben, is there still a, a party starter better than getting jiggy with it? I don't know if anyone's bumping this nowadays at parties. I would think they are. When I say parties, I mean like, you know, weddings. I uh, got you. Okay. All right. Reunions. Gammy's birthday. I'll let everybody know to get jiggy with it. See, there it you go. Still plays, Herbert. right? It, 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 it still plays, right? I believe so. I believe so. I've definitely 20, heard it a few times at a few 23 events. years old, but it's still, it's still all right, right? It's fine. It's fun. It is fun. It doesn't have a stupid dance attached to it. Yeah. It's just a good song. It's like my good friend Miranda, the pharmacist. Wigo's wife said that Come On Eileen's a great party starter. I love Come On Eileen. Oh, that's a good tune. This one's pretty good, too. Hey, uh, welcome in. We've got a little bit of a different uh, rollout today. Brian Moles uh, trucking it back from Augusta, so we're going to catch him at the bottom of the hour since we missed him last week. So uh, we're going to get Cliff Godwin on in just a little bit with our Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment uh, this week. So uh, that'll be uh, coming up in just a little bit. Bryson Worrell. And South Central alum Cam Colmore getting honored this week by the American. Uh, Pirates sweep. They're up to number five in the perfect game poll. Uh, and they continue to uh, be among the uh, top teams in the RPI as uh, well. Pirates also are going to have uh, a few days before they hit the road in their first uh, road trip in the conference season. A plane flight out to Houston. So we'll uh, talk to Coach Godwin about all of that uh, and more coming up in just a little bit. Uh, plus, we have a Masters winner. As I mentioned, we're going to talk to them all about that. Sam Darnold speaks, Ben. You know, you're excited to hear that, right? Oh, yeah. The, 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 we've, we've finally got Sam Darnold, the guy that was seeing uh, Ghost Casper, oh, speaking gosh. out. You are so – give the guy a chance. Ghost. It's a friend. Well, I mean, I'll be fine with it, but I mean, what are we doing with a, Teddy? Or it's is a he fresh stuck start. Here? Look, there's teams that want Teddy. Did you not? Uh, you know, when we have these shows Thursday, sometimes I forget what we have talked about and what we've not. And uh, I'm guessing that uh, I mean, there's there's a market for t- uh, for three downs and out Teddy, right? Or so, like, hey, can you uh, throw in a first round pick? Because this contract is terrible. Well, there's going to have to be some compensation, you know, undoubtedly. But I, the way it's looking now, I don't know if he can be in the building. I really don't. I saw one of those uh, NFL shows. Maybe it was Friday. Maybe it was Saturday. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, where they do the mock draft and they have all the experts on. It was like the NFL roundtable on the worldwide leader. Yep. And there was some guy on there who said they were going to pick. They're going to pick uh, a field. And oh. everybody was killing him. I don't like that either. No. No, you can't have that many quarterbacks on the roster. Seeing ghosts. <laughs> You're going to be seeing more than ghosts if you have three quarterbacks on the roster, including uh, two first-round picks. Uh, hey, uh, so I'm, I'm tooling along, along yesterday, and I get a, uh, a text message about Joe Dooley. 
Oh, here we go. And let me go find it here. Absolutely horrendous. Well, Joe might say that. And, of course, everything gets uh, uh, gets going. You know what I mean? Like, everything kind of gets out there, and, and people start uh, talking and, and drawing conclusions. It doesn't even we have find- to be a reputable source. You just can just throw it out there. It's like, all right, well, we'll, well hop on this. So, this is called At Coaching Changes. At which, Coaching Changes. Right, on Twitter. It has about 20,000 followers, right? And, you know, they, they've gotten some stuff right before. I mean, let's call a spade a spade, Ben. They've gotten some things correct before. And so I mean, you can't slam them on this, but the tweet reads, sounds like Joe Dooley could be headed back. Go Kansas, which would open up East Carolina. Now, first, I guess he meant to put two, not go. So right there, that, that just proves something that I've long-standing believed. Twitter, Twitter needs an edit button. It needs an edit button, something bad. No, I mean, it doesn't need it where you could go back and edit old tweets because we're just too far into the cancel culture to go kill people over all that. That ain't going away. But I think with you need to have maybe like a two-minute warning. Would you agree? I would say like 24 hours. 24 hours. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not down with that. If you can't get it right, you ought to have at least the opportunity to do a mulligan or a provisional shot to play off golf. But you don't need to have 24 hours to change that. No, do, it, no, no. do it like Facebook where they let you know, like, yeah, this comment's been edited. So, I mean, take it for what it is. Well, you could do that, I guess. You could do that. Well, so I've, I, you know, start to work a couple chains. I, I, can't get to Joe directly, but I, 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 I got the next best thing. And I'm told this is yesterday. Joe's not going anywhere. So I get back last night from, uh, a family event that a family function, right. That I went to and, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm looking through the Twitters cause I'm not going to watch night. I'm, I'm over the 90 day fiance at this point. We've gotten to the the round of uh, the reunion show like they have on these things. Oh, I'm done. I'm, ju- I'm just done. I hate the cast. I'm just my done life together. My wife is all in. Right. And she blessed Jill's heart. She, she got her second shot and she was not well again. She got really sick after the first one. She got really, uh, she was not well this time. I mean, it took her all weekend to, to recover basically. And, um, but I wanted to spend some time with my, my, uh, smoking hot wife. So I'm sitting there just going through Twitter while this ridiculousness is on television. And I see Dick hoops. Weiss is reporting this. And I say, wait a minute. Oh no. Oh no. He didn't. Now hoops. Weiss back in the eighties and nineties was a name. Now Dick might be a little on the senile side, but hoops. Weiss is reporting it. And then there's some kind of rock chalk uh, blog that's talking about Joe or Danny Manning. So I go back to the same source that told me yesterday. I go to that same source this morning. I say, look, Hoops Weiss is reporting this. They say, no, it's fine. Joe's come. Joe will be back. Said that yesterday. Okay. And then Brian Bailey was able to get him on the phone. And I mean, more power to Brian. Brian's been around 100 years. But now Joe, according to Brian's report, is having to go on and tell everybody that he's recruited 
including those that he's trying to, I guess, in a roundabout way, get out of the portal that, no, I'm not going anywhere. It's the power of social media. But I mean, here's somebody who can't even differentiate go and two, and we're buying what he's selling. And so I asked somebody today, I said, what is this at coaching, Jay? They said, well, it's a bunch of former coaches. They kind of want to be in anonymity, and that's there is where the problem lies. Nobody's putting their name on anything, right? Give them the benefit of the doubt. It might be based in fact. Maybe well, someone at Kansas reached out, and it's one of those things that got overblown. Well, look, we see it in the NFL all the time in the NBA. Joe talks, Joe talks a, a lot to Bill Self. You know, I mean, they worked together for a lot. won a national championship together. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, makes Bill perfect Self's sense to a, me. Self's a mentor of Joe's. Bill Self has a ton of respect for Dooley. So yeah, they talk. But to me, this is this seems crazy, Ben. That uh, you know that that would be now. There was a guy who left the Kansas staff to go work in Texas with Chris Beard, and that's what's created the opening, and that's why all of this. And I, I, who Bill Self probably did reach out. Who's to say he didn't? Who's to say he hasn't reached out to Danny Manning? If you I know? was Bill Self, I would. I mean, I, I can see it. Well, it's it's not quite like the Carolina or Duke thing, you know. Roy and and uh, and now Hubert Davis and Coach K, they all want guys who've played in the program as assistants, and that yep. makes total sense to me. Well, you don't really have that so much with Kansas, although Danny Manning did play there. But, I mean, if you're Bill Self, you don't want guys that don't know the Kansas way. Joe Dooley knows the Kansas way. Certainly Danny Manning knows the Kansas way, so why wouldn't you want either one of those guys? Why wouldn't they be among your first texts or phone calls? <laughs> makes sense. So that's probably what got this started, but um, – all indications, Dooley's going to be back. Boy, ECU baseball was smoking hot over the weekend. Uh, won against Memphis, taking all four games, swept in a variety of uh, ways. The, the games were a little bit of everything. Uh, Bryson Worlds named the player of the week. He continues to, to swing a hot bat, obviously. Uh, Seth Cadell does. Uh, Connor Norby's unconscious at the plate, isn't he? I mean, he's he's unreal. Uh, Amac. So you got all kinds of guys that are swinging the hot bats. The pitching's been solid. A little, little iffy there on uh, Saturday, but you know the pitching's been good enough to to do what it needs to do. Twenty two and one at home, and twenty one games over five hundred. So, uh, will be interesting to see what is going on this weekend. Houston's not playing great, but Houston will be fired up and tough at home. And you know that four game road trip is probably a a lot of a lot different than the four game homestand. Wouldn't you agree, Ben Byron? I would agree. I mean, they haven't had a lot of road trips so far this year. And to go play that uh, four games on the road, it's going to be an interesting test. We'll learn a lot about the team this weekend, I think. And uh, I think the league is a little better than, than people would have you believe that rate these sort of things. Oh, yeah, uh, we'll it, get, it's not great, yeah. but it definitely is a whole lot better than what people are saying. Yeah, well, it's, it's a competitive league. And look, a lot of schools in the, in the American have played tough non-conference schedules. Memphis is a great example of that. And look, Memphis had guys that could hit the baseball. Pitching kind of stunk, but, I mean, they had guys that could hit the baseball. So we'll see uh, how this plays out when the Pirates go to Houston. Houston loves to beat the uh, Pirates. I know that. That's kind of uh, an on-the-low rivalry in college baseball circles, ECU and Houston. All right, um, Ben, let's get a break. Uh, so we want to get to Mull at the bottom of the hour with plenty of time. So uh, we'll do our inside the – ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin for the Gavigan Agency and Carolina Digestive. 
on the other side of this timeout on the Monday. Monday after the Masters, Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Play ball! It's time to head inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball Coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94-3, the game. Going back, looking up, see you later! Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin. Coach Cliff Godwin is with us uh, here. Always great to catch up with uh, Coach on a Monday. A lot of things to talk about in the world of uh, Pirate Baseball. Pirates coming off a sweep of Memphis. Coach, congratulations. Uh, uh, these four-game series are having a little bit of everything. I mean, they're, you're talking four uniquely different games so far in the two-weekend uh, series that the Pirates have hosted in conference. So, uh, it's really some interesting games uh, to listen to and watch. It's some entertaining baseball. Yeah, look, anytime you, you play somebody four times, it's, it's just really hard to, you know, play your best baseball every single game, every single pitch. Uh, and our guys have done a good job to this point with that, just taking it one game at a time, one pitch at a time. Um, but look, everybody's good. You can't get more so than ever. You have to throw out records. Fans, you guys not look at records. Memphis is way better than what their record stakes. They've played some really good teams like Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Um, and I thought they played good and they really competed in the batter's box. Um, that they're a lot better. Their hitters are a lot better than what their numbers are. And I think they're going to win some games in the league if they can continue to stay positive and just keep doing what they did this weekend. Well, and, and you said it there. I mean, Memphis lineup-wise, they had quite a formidable lineup. You know, their pitching's had some, some struggles, but they've also, as you noted, played some very uh, good competition. But this was a really good hitting team. Uh, and the lineup, uh, it, it, talking to some folks, uh, was really kind of high, highly thought of coming into the weekend. Uh, and uh, as you said, competitive team. You, you take away the first game, I and mean, those games are all – Obviously, extremely competitive. Now, Sunday, the Pirates come out and, and close this out. It's a small sample size, Coach, but it really looks like when you guys have gotten to, at least through these first two conference series, to that uh, Sunday game, there's a real edge about you to, to, to close it out and go ahead and do everything you need to do to get the game uh, in hand early. In other words, coming out uh, aggressive. Patrick, I mean, I guess the game wasn't in hand early. Of course, we didn't swing the bat straight yesterday early in the game. Uh, Tyler Smith was awesome. We needed him to, to be awesome yesterday. And then once we got to the eighth inning, we were able to get, you know, two quality at bats strung together and they bring in their best reliever. Seth Cadell gets down a sacrifice bunt, the first time he sacrificed bunt all year. Um, and people who don't know that, that was a huge, that was a huge bunt, um, to get the guys over. And then they bring the infield in, Josh Mullen. You know, gets two RBIs and then just the momentum starts going. And uh, I thought our fans were awesome yesterday and helped us continue to get into that reserve tank of energy to keep pushing through. And our guys did a good job, finished the, finished the deal. 
Uh, Connor Norby uh, continues with uh, an amazing hitting streak and on-base streak uh, that, that rolls on for him. Uh, he's done a fine job. Uh, Thomas Francisco has been great for you. AMAC's been uh, really good at the plate. We've talked about all of these guys at various points individually, uh, but it really seems like that they're they're the guys right now that are really performing at a high level for you offensively. As far as, as those things that you look at as a coaching staff, uh, is their success a uh, a mechanism of those quality at-bats and, and the type of work you all want them to put in? Patrick, their success is uh, is from years of hard work. I mean, that's the, you know, people don't realize the amount of time and energy that Connor Norby, Thomas Francisco, AMAC, Seth Goodell, those guys have put into our program. And it's my text this morning that, you know, we're, we're 26 and five, I think. <laughs> I think that's right. right um, yeah. And how hard that is, but that that's that's years of work. That's not even just this year's team. It's even 17 when we work good. It's for Matt Bridges, Cam Colmore, Tyler Smith to be a part of that and go, hey, guys, I know you guys have only won here, but, hey, we, we lost in 17. And to talk about the different experiences, good and bad, that we had 17, and um, I, all those experiences help. And it, it's not just one year. It's, it's years of hard work. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing, I, when you mentioned uh, Seth and, and and the bunt, I mean he's he's you know swinging the ball so so well, but that that speaks too to I would have to think uh, your confidence in him, uh, the staff's the coaching staff's confidence in him, but also uh, that hard work you mentioned. I mean those plays just don't happen. Uh, that that's again mechanism of of years of of working on it, but also trusted someone. That's an older guy that uh, knows how it's handling the bat great this year, uh, being able to execute that play and, and uh, get it down. Well, Seth and I had a conversation. I said, hey, Seth, can you get a bunt down? He said, <laughs> coach, I'll get a bunt down. I got no idea where it's going until Norbert to run. Um, so, but that mentality of being able to execute a bunt off a guy, it's not the guy. I mean, that's their closer. It's not easy. It's 90 to 94 with a plus-plus breaking ball a hard guy to bunt off of him for him to just have that mentality of coach how I'll do whatever you need me to do and yes I'll get it down I think that's why he had success and you're right he practiced bunting during the I mean all the time so he was confident in it and he executed it's inside the ECU clubhouse with pirate baseball coach Cliff Godwin I'm Patrick Johnson it's brought to you by the Gavigan Agency Insurance and Financial Services and Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center coach this group um you know, away from the field before and after games, uh, you know, we, we get uh, your perspective. And, and when we do uh, hear from the players in the post game, you know, they it, it, they do say a lot of things that their wise head coach and the coaching staff uh, uh, say. And it's not coach speak. I mean, they 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 say that because it's part of their DNA. Uh, that, that's one thing I found real interesting in listening to a lot of the uh, post game uh, pressers this year. Uh, but what is the talk amongst the guys? How are they uh, are they really locked in where you as, as a collective as you would want them to to be right now? They do look like they're having fun, which uh, I, I know is something you want them to, to remain loose but remain confident. but c- kind of take us in with with the guys here. what uh, what is their uh, attitude towards everything right now? Well, Patrick, I've said it's a day-to-day thing when you ask that question, I thought last week, 
I thought Wednesday and Thursday were two of the best practices that we've ever had here during the middle of the season, which you don't get a, you know, in a normal year, you don't get a lot of opportunities to practice. But that's the one thing with the four-game weekends. We normally have two solid practice days before we play again. Of course, you give them some time to get off their feet, like today and even a little bit tomorrow, and then, you know, Wednesday and Thursday. But I thought last week's preparation going into the weekend was as good as any two practices that we've ever had here at East Carolina. Mm -hmm. And as long as we stay hungry, stay humble, stay selfless, and just focus on helping others, then they'll be in the right mindset. You've already done that a week. You have this week ahead of you here with that practice time being available to you before the four-game series. Weather-wise, it looks like things are, are going to cooperate really well, so that's always a big uh, plus as far as getting out there uh, and, and doing everything you'd want to do. Um, but to me, that, that that is only a benefit to, to to you guys and really to a lot of teams, but certainly to this program because there are, that does give you some extra time to, to work on things that you might not get a chance to work on as much in a normal year, as you said. No, we normally wouldn't be able to, so I definitely think – you know, at the end of the season, we will have practiced more times this year than we ever have before. And, yeah, you can talk about it after games if things work well or didn't work well, but for them to go out there and be able to actually physically do it during a practice setting is going to help us down the road, in my opinion. Cliff, is part of knowing your team, too, uh, potentially recognizing, you know, when that routine needs to change a little? I mean, I know, look, I, we've had players tell us we work in practice. If you can make it through a practice, you're you're good because I mean they, this is some of the hardest work these guys have done, and I think it's part of the reason they invest so much uh, in into the program. Uh, but but as you go along, will you monitor kind of when when things maybe need to be changed up a little with these extra practices? Because as as good as it is, you know, there's also uh, some some concerns you get later in the year. You hear coaches talk about all the time in other sports. You know, well we, we're shorting our practices, that sort of thing. How much of that will you will you all? Uh, do as you move along, do you believe? Well, we've already done that. I mean, that's, you know, that's today. They're just lifting weights. They're not coming up here to the field. Um, tomorrow uh, will be uh, very minimal for the position players that have been on their feet. So we've already done that. We started that last week. I mean, we couldn't do it the week leading into Cincinnati because we played Carolina on Tuesday. So right, right. you also got into that they normally get live at bats <laughs> during, <laughs> during the middle of the week to keep them sharp as hitters. And so, you know, that's one thing that they're not necessarily getting. Um, but we're, we're doing a good job of guys that don't play every day getting some live at-bats against some arms that need to throw during the week and, and stuff like that to keep them fresh. Coach Cliff Godwin is uh, with us. We appreciate Coach's time, as uh, we always do. Pirates uh, sweep uh, over Memphis in four games and uh, will hit the road for the first time in conference play against uh, Houston. Coach, as far as that uh, travel, that's the first uh, plane trip this year uh, and with all these COVID protocols. Now, I guess you're dealing with what the protocols locally are in uh, Texas or and even in Houston, uh, but uh, th this is not uh, uh, one of those deals that uh, you guys are just hopping in on and going. There's been, I would have to imagine, uh, several days, if not weeks, of planning ahead of this trip just to, to make sure you guys are uh, ready for anything. When it comes to uh, you know dealing with with the COVID issues in a different state, well, first off, I don't think Texas has any protocols anymore, so I think they can do you can do whatever you want in Texas, and Mississippi, and Florida. Um, but uh, we, uh, as a group, um, 
you know, a lot of our guys still have antibodies and guys that don't have antibodies, a lot of guys that got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I've been vaccinated myself and not the, <clears throat> I'll say I agree or disagree with the vaccination, but I got it because I don't want to be deemed a close contact. <laughs> right. So, exactly. Um, yeah. I want to, you know, do everything I can to do my part to keep our guys on the field. And a lot of our guys have made that decision. It has not been forced um, by me. It, I've, said, hey, do your research, but if you're not going to get it, then you need to wear your mask all the time, and you need to make sure that you're keeping your bubble tight because um, that would be selfish if you don't do those things and you choose not to get the vaccine. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and yeah, I know Texas has done away with the mask. I just didn't know if Houston, the municipality itself, because sometimes in those states, the big cities are a little different than the, uh, <laughs> than the state itself in Texas is one of them, but uh, the Pirates will be heading to Houston uh, this uh, weekend. When we talked to you uh, last, uh, within a few hours of that was the uh, news that the decision uh, was made by the NCAA to uh, go ahead and uh, name regional and super regional sites. And uh, we talked a little before that, uh, before we went on here with this program today uh, about that. Uh, It's not, uh, you know, Relax. It's not a gloom and doom situation uh, for for any of the teams involved or even for the ECU uh, program. Uh, It's just things, I guess, are announced a little earlier, as as you understand it. Is that right, Coach? Well, Patrick, first off, I I don't know a ton about it because I don't get calls and stuff that I have no control over. But as we talked about, I mean, I think people's first reaction in life, I mean, that's just the way the world is today. Most people, not everybody. But the first reaction is negative. Like, oh, this is going to be a detriment to East Carolina. Well, the way I understand it is it's not, <laughs> number one. Uh, number two is the regional and super regionals, they're just going to be announced like three weeks early. Yeah. Now, one thing that's different is if you're, the way I understand it, if you're a national seed, then you would host the regional and the super regional. But if you were to get beat, then there just would be a super regional at your facility. That's the way I understand it. So they're just predetermining the sites of the regionals and the super regionals where if a national seed got beat in the past, then it would go to the next highest seed that they would host the super regional. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Coach, we do appreciate it as you go through the week. What will be uh, uh, some of the things that you guys will be uh, talking uh, about specifically as, as you seek that uh, 1% improvement every day? No, we just will re, uh, you know, kind of look back at how the weekend went, some different plays. Maybe we could have done better. We've been able to work on some fundamentals uh, last week. We'll continue to do that. Uh, and then working with some individual guys in the bullpen, Coach Dietrich and Coach Knight, to continue to keep them sharp. But uh, we're, we're not changing a whole lot. We're just going to take it day by day. And um, that's what our guys have done a really good job of dating back into when school started in the fall. Hey, Coach, great to talk to you, and uh, safe travels to and from uh, Houston this weekend. Best of luck against the Cougars. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and Newburgh.
Ben Barham here for your 94th through the game sports update. We start with Pirate Baseball as they were able to secure the series sweep over conference opponent Memphis. A few Pirates earned some recognition from the conference starting with junior Bryson World, who was honored as the conference's player of the week after batting 500 with a pair of home runs and nine RBIs in the series. Another Pirate honored was redshirt senior and South Central alum Cam Colmore, who was put on the conference's honor roll list. From college basketball, specifically the Pirates, rumors had spread over the weekend about the possibility of Joe Dooley leaving East Carolina returning to Kansas as an assistant. Dooley quickly denied those rumors, affirming that he's here to stay. Meanwhile, elsewhere in college basketball, a few programs are in turmoil or have also been hit by the transfer portal or the NBA draft. We start with Texas Tech as star guard Mack McClung has simultaneously entered the transfer portal. Also declaring for the NBA draft, Scotty Pippen Jr. declared for the NBA draft and made it clear that regardless of the outcome, he would not return to Vanderbilt. NC State adds Rutgers transfer and Big Ten all-conference selection Diamond Johnson and Gonzaga guard Joel Ayayi is declared for the NBA draft. From the Carolina Panthers cornerback A.J. Bouye's contract details have been released. The former Pro Bowler signed a two-year, $7 million deal. And up in New England, the Patriots released former Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman after a failed physical designation. Reports indicate that this move was set up retirement for the 11-year vet. For the NBA, another promising rookie who now possibly be out for the years, Warriors center and former Memphis Tiger James Wiseman has torn his meniscus in his right knee. And the NHL just reached their trade deadline. The Carolina Hurricanes trade defenseman Hayden Fleury for Ducks defenseman Janie Hockenpah at a six-round pick. The Buffalo Sabres have agreed to trade Taylor Hall to the Bruins. The Maple Leafs get veteran forward Nick Foligno, while the Pittsburgh Steelers nap two-time Stanley Cup champion Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. Your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Brown. When we return, Brian Mole on the Masters right after this. Tweet at us <gasps> at 943 The Game. Oh, a friend. At P Man on Air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943 The Game and P Man on Air on Twitter. This is The Patrick Johnson Show on 943 The Game and 943TheGame.com. We are back. Brian Mole in just a few minutes uh, here. He was at the Masters. Uh, first, a low tonight of 52 in the forecast. High tomorrow of 73. The temperatures are going to cool down a little. It's going to be a little more comfortable. Uh, our next rain chance really is late Wednesday into Wednesday night. High Wednesday of 74. Thursday looking at a high of 68. And then uh, for uh, Friday, sunny with a high near 70. And uh, everything's looking good. Kind of coolish for the uh, playoff games that will be played on Friday night in the first round of the uh, state football playoffs. Congratulations to Rose uh, getting in in the 3AA bracket as a uh, number four seed. They will play at home on Friday against Lee County. Hey, if you ever miss an edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, head on over to our Facebook, uh, or rather our uh, webpage. It's uh, virtually brand new, and it's 943thegame.com. You can uh, not only pick up uh, encores and podcasts of the Patrick Johnson Show, but also Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, brought to you by the Gavigan Agency and uh, Carolina Digestive and Endoscopy Centers. Brian Mull spent his uh, week, and then some, at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, we say hello to Brian Mull, uh, who has been covering the Masters. Uh, Brian, uh, on the road again, but uh, boy, what a, what a week for you. I know it was a lot of fun. Always is, Patrick. Thanks for uh, having me on uh, a long week and, and a lot of great stories that came out of the tournament as usual. And, uh, you know, good good action down the, down the stretch, if only for a few minutes. 
I want to ask you how the course was similar, how the course was different than the November setup. Yeah, much different than the November. Uh, much firmer greens were, were quicker, especially uh, Thursday. I think they were really fast, uh, maybe not quite as fast the rest of the week. And uh, therefore, the course was playing a little bit shorter. We had a little bit more wind uh, early in the week as well. And, you know, it was the true Augusta National that we've all come to know with balls, uh, you know, feeding off slopes and repelling off greens and uh, really uh, requiring the players to be in control of their ball and and able to to have a great short game, uh, which is what we saw from from all the leaders. Brian Mole with us here. I, I don't want to get into uh, on the soapbox about, uh, you know, well, because I, I think this was, for a lot of uh, the woke sports types, a chance to tee off on a on Augusta National in the Masters Tournament. And look, there's some, some things that uh, certainly have been uh, – within the right and are within the right to be criticized. But I, but I think to continue to, to think that this is an event that's frozen in amber and doesn't move forward in a lot of ways, not only with its presentation, but also the initiatives globally. I mean, look no further than the champion. Uh, I mean, straight out of a Masters-initiated event uh, globally, correct? Yeah, I mean, this was uh, former Augusta National Chairman Billy Payne, who uh, – Ran the, the was the head of the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta as well, uh, and still active member of the club. This was his, really his vision in 2009 coming to fruition. And and what the club did then was uh, with the other governing bodies, they created the Asia Pacific Amateur and the Latin America Amateur, and and opted to give the champion of each of those events annually a an invitation to the Masters, and. Through that, Hideki Matsuyama, who was one of the top-ranked amateurs in the world, won and came to Augusta and, and was low amateur. I believe he played in it as an amateur twice. Yeah. And, um, you know, and turned pro at, at a young age and has really uh, – and then ultimately, you know, a decade later, eight year, nine years later, he wins, the, he wins the Masters. They're putting the green jacket on him, and I uh, think that's what they hoped – uh, they've they've uh, felt that it's been a, a success across the board. Uh, the, the current chairman, Fred Ridley, spoke about it on Wednesday and the South American presence with uh, Joaquin Neiman, who, who's you know ranked in the top 30 in the world, who won the Latin American Amateur, and Sebastian Munoz, who played pretty well again this week. And, you know, that was the point of it. Uh, when they did it, uh, the, the Masters has always tried to have an international field. And, uh, you know, I, I think... It was pretty cool to see, um, you know, thinking down the road to what this could mean for golf in Japan. Well, th- what I'm getting at, too, is this is a, a, a tournament that is rich in tradition, and they have some traditional things that they, they go through, but they also are in the cutting edge of how they're presenting golf right now. Uh, no one else sure. presents the event, and, and the event is as wide open. If you want to watch your favorite guy play every single hole, you can. Oh, they, they have revolutionized that and set the bar so high that the other majors and the other the PGA Tour and the other organizations have a lot of work to do to try to close that gap. And they've done some things as well with some pre-tournament coverage, but you know, there's no question. Um, you know, they have opened up the doors to a place that for so many years uh, was closed. And, and, and that for so many years... We, we sat in front of our TV on the weekend and waited 
for the coverage to come on on Sunday and the leaders had already played seven or eight holes because, yeah. you know, they didn't think that, it, you know, they weren't, they wanted to show the first nine. And, uh, I mean, to think about where it's at now, it, it's pretty cool. Like you said, uh, it, it's a tournament that just, it has an emotional factor for so many people on so many levels. And because it's played at the same, it's familiar and it's played at the same golf course every year. And now I think those people that have always felt a part of it, feel, feel a bigger part of it. And, you know, they can follow their favorite player if he's not in contention or um, the four guys on their fantasy team or, or, or whatever it may be. And I think that that's really, uh, you know, kudos to them for, for opening those doors. Golf uh, writer Brian Mull also covered college hoops. Uh, Brian, just getting back from the uh, Masters, we appreciate him uh, joining us. Sorry we didn't get him uh, last week, but uh, the day I was out was the day we had scheduled with him. And uh, Anyway, Brian's been good enough to join us here the Monday after the Masters. He's no uh, Darius Rucker and Hootie and the Blowfish playing at Myrtle <laughs> Beach, but it's still pretty good on the Monday after the uh, Masters. Uh, th- this is what I want to say about Hideki. Uh, you obviously caddied on the tour for uh, on a couple stints for a number of years. He Among the first things he does yesterday is talk about how happy he is for his caddy because that's his caddy's first PGA or professional win um, on bag. I mean, just this guy, uh, Matsuyama, just seems like class personified in a lot of ways. Really is. All, uh, one of the most uh, well-liked guys on the PGA Tour Certainly, uh, you know, he speaks a little English, understands a little bit, but, uh, you know, there is a language barrier there with, with a lot of the players and, and he's just kind of shy and, and, and an introvert by nature. And so he just kind of keeps to himself and, and, uh, goes about his business. He's an extremely hard worker, but I think his humanity, his personality, his character really showed through in his, in, in the way, you know, the emotions that he felt winning the championship. And then certainly with those comments, um, you know, to think of your caddy first, I mean, I, I don't ever remember another player <laughs> saying that. <laughs> certainly and, I certainly mean, none you work for. Hideki's <laughs> <laughs> a, a man with a wife and a child, you know. Um, so <laughs> uh, pretty cool. And, and then I don't know if you saw his caddy bowed yeah, to, the cor- to the course, which yeah. is, uh, you know, I never uh, have seen. And that was awesome. What a sign of respect. Um, grateful for, for the, you know. Uh, that's the best moment for a player. It's the best moment for a caddy to unscrew that flag there on 18 and forever be a guy who, who was uh, part of a master's championship. So, yeah, I think it was a popular win. I think a lot of other players, and, and I've seen it uh, when Matsuyama was in contention at the PGA in 2017 in Charlotte, and just the, uh, the, the media attention that he had to deal with every day, which uh, would be difficult for anyone, but especially someone who would rather just not talk about himself ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, good for him for uh, fulfilling the expectations that were probably even loftier than they, you know, well, should have been. Here, here's what he's done with Matsuyama or what Matsuyama has done. If he's not carrying the torch into Olympic Stadium in Tokyo this summer. Wearing I mean, the jacket. Uh, wearing the green jacket, I mean, by God, let's just not hold the opening ceremonies. There's right. no question. There's no question. I mean, he, you know, everything I can gather and understand, I mean, he, he is going to be elevated uh, to to a status uh, in that country because they've had good players and they have such a, you know, a, a, a golf passionate country. And, you know, he, he, he deserves that. He deserves that. And, and, and opportunity and, and what timing to represent your country 
in, in your home, you know, there in Tokyo in, in the summer, that, that's going to be terrific. And uh, it's going to inspire a lot of, a lot of young, young people to, to pick up a golf club. And that's awesome. We got Brian Mull with us here. He's uh, coming back from the Masters, covered the event. Uh, I do want to, you know, it was not really a dramatic uh, back nine, per se, or final four or five holes, per se. There, there was a momentary, momentarily, it did appear there might be some drama uh, at uh, 15 and then 16. But then Xander Schauffele, who I know you're a huge fan of, uh, I, I just, I mean, just hit a bad shot. Yeah, he hit the wrong club. He uh, the wrong or in the wrong shape of shot. They kind of uh, he said afterward that uh, he and his caddy misjudged the wind. And and I will say, uh, you know, it was windy yesterday, but it wasn't so much the velocity; it was the ever changing direction. I stood on the tee at the fourth, uh, about a two hundred fifteen yard par three, and and watched four or five groups come through in the morning. Webb Simpson's group, John Rahm, who who had a great round yesterday, and. You could really – there was a lot of backing off, a lot of conversation, uh, balls coming up short but that, that the player thought he had struck well, balls going long. And, and they were just really having a hard time. Uh, Webb, I even overheard him say something about, well, I guess we'll just keep guessing. So uh, generally, you know, those guys have a pretty – they have a pretty firm handle, but at that place with the nature of the land there, with the ele- dramatic elevation changes and the trees – the wind can just funnel and swirl around and uh, it's very difficult to get a direction on it. And so, you know, they made a mistake. Uh, they've been in, in that position before in some major championships, but, you know, Shoffley said he would learn from it, put it in the memory bank and, and probably, uh, you know, play a different type shot in that situation next time. And, and, and let's not forget, you know, Phil Nicholson was that guy. Uh, and I'm not ready to put that label on Shoffley just yet. Uh, he's still a young player, but uh, he was a guy that, that, that came frustratingly close many times at Augusta and elsewhere until he finally uh, was able to, to break through. And once he did, he, he became a you know multiple major winner, winning five of them. So I would expect Shoffley's uh, got that type of game and demeanor. I would think he would, he would follow a similar path. Brian Mull uh, with us. Uh, Brian working down in Augusta this week uh, with uh, a group of, uh, of uh, papers down there, including the uh, one in Augusta. Uh, so uh, regionally and nationally, a lot of Brian's work uh, was read this week. Uh, Will uh, Zalatoris, a star is born, and and that thing got awfully, awfully close at the end. Um, but still, uh, the Zalatoris story to me is is just fascinating and fabulous. And the North Carolina connection is obviously he's a guy who went to Wake Forest. How is it? He's explain this to me. How is he not a member of the a full fledged member of the tour now? Well, he's a in, in that regard he would be, but he's he's sort of a victim of the pandemic because typically the corn fairy tour season ends in say October each year, and he's leading the points on that tour and was playing that tour exclusively for the most part last year, especially early in the year, and then. Once he got enough points to where he would have a card, he, he started taking some PGA Tour invitations, and that just snowballed. But what they did with, with the Corn Ferry Tour is similar to what they did with the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour. They just made a super season. So basically a two-year-long, two-full-year-long season. And he didn't get that opportunity to get his PGA Tour membership. So he's kind of a loophole there, just probably you know one-time thing. And the way the rules are set up, 
a player has to win a tournament to become a member and also to be eligible for the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is kind of a, you know, maybe something they have to look at after this situation well, because yeah. certainly Will Zalatoris should be in the playoffs. Well, uh, let, me, let me give you some numbers here. Uh, you probably already know this, but 15 events, right? Uh, 14 times he's made the cut, 11 times in the uh, top 10, I believe it is. Uh, and if it's not 14 times, if it's not 11 times in the top 10, it's the top 25. Point is, the guy's been finishing uh, in the top 25 at virtually every event he's played in. One of the other events he did not uh, play, he did not finish in the top 25, he finished, top, he finished 29th. Um, he, if, the, if his FedEx points counted, he'd be number nine right now. And if uh, he, he's going to wind up possibly with $4 million in the bank, it may not be eligible for the playoff. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. And I, I hope for, you know, I think he, he will win at some point this year. Jordan Spieth was in a similar boat in 2013. And, uh, you know, he was coming down to the wire with about a month and a month or a month and a half left. And he chipped in to win the John Deere Classic in a playoff and uh, was able to uh, earn his his uh, entry into the playoffs that way. But, yeah, this is Al Torres. He's kind of in like a cult figure between some of the deep golf uh fantasy people and just others because he's a incredible ball striker and 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 he's just kind of come from out of nowhere in a way and uh tied for sixth at the u.s open it just doesn't seem like whatever the challenge has been he's been able to meet it and after really watching him up close for four days i can understand why i mean not only a beautiful uh graceful golf swing and, and, a, and a absolute flusher of the golf ball but just his demeanor, the way he carried himself, and uh, his response well, post round, yeah. and well, it was terrific, you know. And uh, there's there's great things ahead for him. Bernard Langer said as much. He played with him the first two days, and he's seen a few guys come and go. Yeah. Well, as our good friend ECU uh, golf alum broadcaster John McGinnis said, uh, he's seen a lot of guys get uh, Sunday at Augusta on their shirts and shoes, and uh, that did not happen <laughs> with this young guy. I mean, he was, and and look. I mean, you know, by a shot, he, he bogeyed a couple of holes that he probably he wishes he had back. I mean, he, he might have very well been in a playoff yesterday. I mean, that's how really legitimately close it was at the end. Yeah, he answered the call. And, um, you know, there's going to always be some adversity in the final round, especially as difficult as Augusta National was playing yesterday, only yielding four sub-70 rounds and only nine on the weekend. I mean, it was a, it was a stiff challenge. But to birdie 18, I just thought showed incredible uh, willpower and resolve. And, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of guys have had putts on the 18th green there that didn't turn out so good. And, and to knock that in and just put a little bit more heat on Matsuyama, forcing him to make no worse than bogey on 18, uh, says a lot about, about where his nerves were, where his head was at. I thought his strategy was excellent. His execution was obviously great. Expect him to be around. Uh, have you know, be, be the uh, certainly best golfer out of Wake Forest since Webb Simpson and Bill Haas before that. Well, he's got this California laid-back mentality about him, this kind of respectful Texas thing because he was raised in Texas, and he's obviously smart because he went to Wake Forest. Uh, he just seems like he's got a lot going for him, and, and you know, we, we're always talking about who could be a next star on the on the tour. Nobody's going to ever match Tiger, I, I don't believe. But, I mean, just somebody that I think universally is likable and kind of has some a sense of humor about him with the, you know, all the social media with the Happy Gilmore caddy stuff. 
I mean, he he just he was he he almost if if who had not won it had won it you were, you wanted him to win it. Uh, definitely, yeah. I think he would have been an extremely popular uh, champion. I think uh, a lot of us, uh, you know, wouldn't have been surprised if he if he faded a little bit on the weekend and. Uh, he certainly had a, a couple of opportunities where it looked like things could potentially slip away, and and he answered the call every time. You know, just kept hitting good golf shots and and he, hitting the right shots, not not being overly aggressive. And and uh, you know, he missed a couple of short putts, but that's going to happen there. There's some of the most difficult greens in the world to putt, and uh, yeah, I mean, just just terrific. And you know, anytime you're trading tweets with. Uh, Mr. Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler himself, <laughs> uh, your life is looking pretty good. And uh, I do like his sense of humor about, about all of that. And think that, uh, yeah, he has a bright, bright future, uh, uh, to your tiger point. I think if you added, I didn't do it, but I'm pretty sure if you added the top 20 finishers and, and maybe you have to exclude Phil, but, but if you, I don't know that they would have the, between them, I don't know if they have as many PGA Tour victories and majors as Tiger Woods. That's yeah. just, uh, it's just another another example of how phenomenal uh, his career and, and and like and you're right, nobody's ever going to come close to well th- to matching that. But here's what I, my my point was with the kid. I, I'm talking about from the standpoint of somebody who could be a, a face of the tour, uh, Zalator. Because again, he, he you know. He does. He just seems like he's got a great personality. Here's the other thing about him too, and I don't mean to get all golf geek on everybody here, but uh, you know, obviously, as you say, what a great uh, player, great striker of the ball, and he's right now like around a hundred or something. I mean, his putting is obviously could improve, but he's like in the mid range in putting. Right? If he stays there, yeah. he'll win plenty of events each year. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you, he hits it so well. That and, and gives himself so many birdie opportunities and is long and so the par fives are, are great scoring opportunities. But he he doesn't have to be an elite putter. But uh, certainly uh, we've seen guys come on the tour that were average or below average and 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 turn themselves into top twenty putters. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau being a great example. I think he was dead last his rookie year in putting and and he was top ten last year. Uh, and, and and therefore once started winning more tournaments and winning majors. So. I, I believe that, uh, you know, he'll continue working on, on the weaknesses he does have. And that experience that he had this week will, will will help him just immensely the next time he's in contention to win a, any golf tournament. Hey, Brian, uh, safe travels. We could talk to you another 20 minutes. Thanks for the time. Okay. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, there he goes, Brian Mull. Thank you, Brian, uh, at the Masters all week. Thanks to uh, him. Thanks to Cliff Godwin. Uh Kevin James has been picked to play Sean Payton in a movie. What? It's not called The King of Screens, by the way. Uh, We'll uh, get to Sam Darnold's comments tomorrow. Talk a little sports gambling possibility in North Carolina. See you tomorrow.